Today on the show, we're talking about financial mentorship. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host of Simple Money Solutions Podcast, and today I'm joined with my co-host Trevor. And today we're talking about financial mentorship. So Trevor, this isn't a topic we've broached before here on the podcast. No, but it's an important one. And I'm going to say, everybody listening to this podcast, you chances are you need a financial mentor in your life and you need to be a financial mentor to somebody else in your life. And I, I kind of want to lead into this episode with uh, a really, really inspiring um, Facebook message that we received. He's an avid listener of the podcast and he reached out to us about a year ago and just recently reached out to us again. And from a year ago to today, so much has changed in his and his wife's life, but it has been absolutely inspiring just just to read it, it left kind of goosebumps on uh when Trevor and I were kind of reviewing it but um so the listener just wanted to update us on on his life and uh how this podcast has has moved him and and affected him is is in his words so just to kind of summarize it um he's been listening to the podcast for a long time and he says thanks to all of your advice my wife and I have sold our house of 32 years paid off our mortgage and bought a smaller house with cash so we do not have a mortgage. We bought two used cars. Both are paid off with no car payments. We have no credit card debt. Him and his wife are, are before the age of all 65. And um, now he's on a, uh, he's working with his financial planner to create an exit strategy from his job. And I mean, Trevor, how this is, this is powerful. This is moving. And, and I, I it just, it, it really, I, I'm speechless about how the trans, the transition that has happened over the the year for this listener. Yeah, it was a great story. And when I when I when I first read that, I, I thought, you know, what what can I pull out of this? And, and it, it inspired us for this mentorship episode because it in this person was motivated and inspired. But it was the it was us showing up every week or him tuning in every week that I think really helped normalize what they were trying to accomplish. I could not agree more, and, and and again, that is exactly why this episode. Well, we, and we we generally like to kind of revisit episodes on a yearly basis. We are we're so determined to kind of introduce this financial mentorship concept as a, one of our yearly yearly episodes because it is that important. Um. So so Trevor, when we're talking about financial mentorship, what does what does that mean? Because there's financial planners and there's other kind of financial advisors. How does a financial mentor in in our maybe our simple money solution definition uh, work in? So a financial mentor, it should be somebody in your life who who has your back or cares about you at a level that just acquaintances don't. So it's going to be. So here's my thing about if you're a parent. And you're helping your children and giving them financial advice, that doesn't count. That that's your job. You that that's not financial mentorship. That's you just being a parent, doing your parental obligations. Being a financial mentor is helping somebody who you you don't have to. You there's no obligation to help this person get down the right path. So that financial mentorship is you going above and beyond your I'm gonna say parental or your your community obligations. So to me, that is financial mentorship, and it, it it's almost like donating your time to a, to a worthy cause. So a couple of different things from that that I want to break down. So if, if your financial mentor, if someone's listening to this, if, if their financial mentor is their parent or a relative, 
Does that mean they have to go seeking a new financial mentor or is that relationship and that, that mentorship enough to, to allow that individual to succeed? So if we're going to get into this later, but your financial mentor that you choose and they have to accept you is somebody who is in a financial place that you hope to be one day. And I'm going to see your parents might not, might not necessarily be in the place that you hope to be. So they may not be, you know, they may have accomplished some great things and, and, and has some financial wins, but they still just say they work till they're 65 and you, you really want to be financially independent earlier than that. Then those being your, your only financial mentors in life, you, there's going to be a, a, a missing piece, right? You're, you're not going to know how to get to that finish line sooner. So your, your parents are going to obviously give, they're going to teach you and, and give you some guidance that you should take. But I, I think it, it's worth reason checking that with another source, you know, and, and having another person that you can balance. It could be a work colleague. It could be a grandparent. It could be an aunt or an uncle. It, it, it still could be somebody in your family. It could even be a sibling. That's highly unlikely though, but it, that I'll get into later why that doesn't work so well. But a financial mentor, a true financial mentor is somebody outside of your parents. So I'm, I'm filled with so many questions, but I know we're going to dive into all of that in the show, the content of today's show. But my final question before we really kind of dig into the, the content is when, when we are talking about financial, well, you know, I want to just say, I want to go back to the parent thing. So this is why if a parent as a financial mentor isn't as, isn't as solid a choice. But, but what if your is, parent is, a, is someone you look up to and you aspire to be like? I mean, I think that might be the question on everyone's mind right now. So part of what your parents are doing is they, uh, one, you you wouldn't you don't know this until your parent, but you have this, you you have this inborn instinct to keep your children safe, and that can work against you as a financial mentor because you're going to always. Be super cautious. You know, you want the best for your kids, but you never want them to be in harm's way. And a financial mentor might motivate a very risk-adverse person to take some risks. And your parents, they want to tell you you're, you're, you're doing a great job. They want to be more of a coach than a mentor. So a, a parent's role is, in my mind, in my definition of mentorship, a, a parent's role is different than, than a true financial mentor. A financial mentor may have a more hard line in holding you accountable than a parent. That's that's a really interesting. I, I like the de- the kind of the the delineation you made between coach and mentor, and and again that leads me to my what I kind of was mentioning previously about a f- uh, like a financial advisor. So when we're looking at kind of all these terms, this coach, advisor, mentor. Hold on, I want to go back to this parent thing one more time. He's not done yet. <laughs> Can't help myself. The wheels are turning. And I'm going to say, as a parent, and you have a child coming of age, you you kind of have some skin in the game in that you might feel some financial obligation to helping your child out. So when you're giving them financial advice, your judgment could be clouded knowing this could cost you money if it goes wrong, right? Yeah, and, and Does that yeah, mean? no, that makes sense. So, and so a parent is is they're, they're a great financial role model. You should listen to your parents. They have, nobody cares more about you in the whole world than your parents. But in true mentorship, financial mentorship mindset, 
they have too much skin, too much financial skin in the game in, the, in that they might feel some obligation to play it super cautious because if this goes wrong, I'm going to have to bail my kid out. And you always do say on the show that while you're in your 20s, your 30s, or the earlier stages of your life when maybe you don't have dependents, when you are more financially flexible per se, that uh, that, that is a time to, to take calculated risks and to maybe jump into a new job or, or embark on a new adventure that maybe isn't as, as, as safe as, as other options. So if I told my, my child to, you know, make a, big career move and take this job that you're you're barely qualified for and it's a stretch that you could succeed at it but if you do it's going to be a home run you know so if if i tell my child to do that and they crash and burn and they can't make their rent as a parent i'm going to be that's my skin in the game i'm going to be help, coming to their aid and and i'm a parent i should i'm not and i'm not saying you shouldn't you should come to your child's aid that to me that's a parental obligation but that's going to cloud your judgment as a financial mentor. I've never really considered all the nuances of of the responsibilities or, uh, so to speak, of, of a financial mentor. So it's it's really interesting hearing kind of the more adverse uh, consequences that a financial mentor can have. And again, like you said, why maybe it shouldn't exactly be your parents? Because I always thought that was the perfect financial mentor. But I like that that there's other kind of little nuances behind that. So uh, back to my earlier question between coach, advisor, mentor. I mean, we, we all kind of are familiar with financial advisors. Um, we usually pay for their services, more of a kind of a formal, I don't want to say contract, more of a formal agreement. Um, so uh, mentor, I don't, how, how is it, it doesn't sound as, as formal, as intimidating. It sounds more of, what, what can we kind of define as, as a casual um, kind of partnership? Like how, how would you kind of go about explaining it um, to, to anyone? Well, so a financial advisor, financial coach are, dem- are generally people you hire, you pay them. They get, they get compensated in some way for their advice. And so they should, they give good advice. But a financial mentor is somebody you are not paying. This is somebody who, who cares about you, somebody in your life who, who has your interests. So this is a more of a casual relationship. This is somebody you could reach out to and, and get some honest advice from, you know, you, you, you're never gonna have to question their, their motives or you, you don't have to wonder about their answer. Is there something in it for them? A, a true financial mentor, it, it's, it's all about the person being mentored. So I, we are going to go later on the show to talk about how to choose a financial mentor, how to go about kind of... And, and, and I, I, this is going to be an episode where I interrupt you a lot. <laughs> so many thoughts. So many thoughts. So so it, everyone is listening to say, there's nobody in my life like that. There is no... Like uh, people are right now, they're saying, I don't know anybody I could, you know, get it, my personal financial details yes. with. Yes, I'm that, glad you're saying that, this. That, and part of this episode is... If you are somebody who has some years behind them, I'm going to say you've got more years behind you than ahead of you, you should want to be a financial... In fact, it's your obligation to be a financial mentor to somebody. And this does... this Your kids do not count. For us as a society to move forward, you have to be willing to stand on the shoulders of the people that came before you. If you think of modern medicine, if every medical student had to invent penicillin before they could invent the next like the medical our our medical science is based on new people standing on the shoulders of the people that came before them 
And so in our financial, personal financial lives, if we want to move forward and, and get better and live more fulfilled financial lives, we have to stand on the shoulders of the people that came before us. So you have to be willing to let someone stand on your shoulders and absorb your knowledge and not have to relive all the mistakes you made in life. If they could start from where you are today and not make all the mistakes you made, think how far they could go. Ooh, that is so powerful. That's so powerful. And and it speaks volumes to maybe other experiences we've had in our life. Um, I know I just got back from a social media conference and all these industry experts were sharing their top 10 ways that they achieve success, the top 10 secrets that um, were game changers for them. And they were just freely sharing them with the with the audience, with the attendees. And it struck me. I'm like, wow, that's that's incredible. But to your point, Trevor, if you have, if you, if you know something, if you have some type of knowledge that has worked for you, that has allowed you to achieve a success in whatever aspect in your life, it's on you to kind of keep sharing that forward so that it can be built upon and, and furthered like medicine, like any other, really anything else in our, in our lives. So here's an example. You, you'll know you've had a mentor in your life is if you can look back and say, just Say you look back, and I'm not, I'm not just everybody's parents have made financial mistakes. I don't, I don't care who you are. I've made financial mistakes. So if you can look back and and see that you've passed a a stage of life, say you're done raising your children, and you can look back and you can say, "Wow, there's a financial mistake I didn't make that my parents did," then then you should be willing to share that with somebody else. And and, and you're making mistakes yourself, so you, your children are learning from you and and the, if if they don't have a financial mentor they're going to make the same mistakes you made possibly but if you had a financial mentor in your life you probably are able to look back and and realize you didn't make a mistake that your parents did and the only way you you could do that is is you had an external influence in your life do you know what i love about that point right there is the component of vulnerability doing that admitting to people that admire you maybe if whether it's your children or admitting to those around you that I made a mistake and I don't want you to make the same one that takes such an immense amount of vulnerability you know I love sharing my mistakes with anybody who will listen you know don't do seriously don't do this and I, I've made my fair share of mistakes I've mentioned this on the, on the podcast I, I I don't want anyone to to endure the any of the pain that I did. Why would I want that? Even my worst enemy, I don't want to suffer anything that I've suffered. If I can help someone avoid pain, I'm going to do it every time. No, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I, I do, we are going to jump further on in the episode into kind of how to choose a, a financial mentor um, and, and what to do if you are a financial mentor and maybe how to know if you are a financial mentor. But I, I kind of want to talk into the kind of very high level. So here's another interruption. <laughs> <laughs> could, could you imagine how complete our financial world would be if everybody at every moment in time was being a financial mentor and had a financial mentor in their life. Oh, we would be moving anyway. forward so fast at, at such so, this. I, we'd be moving forward at light speed. Oh, it would be incredible. We would be this debt-free society and making a smart financial decisions. We'd have no used cars to buy, but that's a that's an aside point. And, and think of the frenzy. It would be, that's true. <laughs> All the used cars would be gone. I like how I just said it. But think of the the it, 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 things would be moving at, at such a rate because 
every time you gain something from your mentor, it would motivate you to share something as a mentor to somebody else. So it, it would literally be like light speed financial knowledge being just spread across the world. I don't know if I'm ruining something that's going to come up in the, the episode, but I think the fear, and, and it's a question I'm wondering right now, is how do you know if you're even qualified to uh, to serve as a financial mentor? I mean, really, at the, at the end of the day, no one has it figured out. And I, I, I don't, maybe this is a question for saving for later, but I, 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 how do you how do you approach that? That's the point where I'm saying everybody, if, if everybody was a financial mentor and being mentor. So once you pass, pass a plateau in life, for instance, you have passed the post-secondary education life. And, and there, was a, there was a personal finance aspect to that that had to be navigated. Oh, huge. I mean, for instance, I worked just a summer job and that money I made during the summer had to last me 12 months until I was back to school in September. That's huge. So you could be a mentor to a a graduating high school student. Yeah, that's I, I like that. When but, you, split, you split life up into phases. Exactly. So in, and then now you... You could use a financial mentor in your life to help you navigate the next phase of life you're heading toward. And for you, Trevor, you are you're still you're always raising kids at some level, but your your children are out of your immediate household, so you can kind of wipe your hands, saying, "I have successfully kind of navigated my my children through their childhood, and and now that is something you could share with a new parent." So for me, I, yeah, I could I could merit I I could mentor somebody whose children are teenagers and help them navigate that life. But I need a mentor in my life to help me navigate the life of retirement and, and, and all the financial concerns that come with that. So I need a mentor in my life and I have some mentorship available to somebody. So as you move through phases of life, you, that's where you, everybody is qualified to be a mentor to somebody. And again, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm broaching something we hope to talk about later, but how do you go about, we're going to talk about being the actual financial mentor, but how do you go about finding one in the sense of, I mean, I look around me and I, or even yourself, Trevor, I mean, you are fortunate to kind of be surrounded by people who are older than you as well. So maybe you can reach forward. But if I am, if I'm listening to this right now and I'm kind of looking around me and I just am associated with individuals who are my age um, and, and, and maybe I, I'm through um, organic conversation. I'm not sure if any of my colleagues are quite on track for early financial dependence the way I, I am. How do, you kind of, how do you kind of look at that in your immediate life? Well, so choosing a financial mentor, we're, we're gonna, I got five points that kind of covers that. But, but in choosing one, it, it's twofold. So you have to choose someone who's, who's moving through life as you would hope to but then that person has to be willing to mentor you or accept you. And that's, that's another section we're going to cover in this podcast. So it's, it's kind of twofold. You, 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 they're, they're, it's not like you're shopping and you can just pick anybody. They have to be accepting of you as well. Definitely. Okay, so let's, let's jump into the overarching um, ways that a financial mentor can show up in your life. So you have four written down, kind of four overarching areas where you might need that over overarching level of support. So um, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll list off all four and then I'd love for you to kind of go into them about how that applies to each of our lives. So you have demonstrating as number one, teaching as a second point coaching and accountability partner so let, let's start at the beginning demonstrating how how does that play out in a financial mentorship role so w the best way to be a financial mentor is is demonstrating that you you have a, a sound financial life of your own and, and you have a bunch of financial wins in your life and you have succeeded 
you're you're somewhere where a lot of people would like to be. So I'm going to retire at 55. That's in our society. That's early financial independence. There's some people that would want no part of that, right? Especially when they learn of the sacrifices you have to make. But there's a lot of people would covet that. So that's one way to be a financial mentor is demonstrating walk the walk, right? That that to me is, just say a really big house and fancy house is important to you, then your financial mentor is going to be someone who lives in a really fancy house, I, right? So that I like that point. I like that point that you you don't have to look for the most frugal or most economically savvy individual. You just have to look for the individual who is leading the life that you want to live. What this comes down to is you're looking if you're searching for a mentor, you want to find somebody who values the same things you value. And that's that's demonst- that being a financial mentor by demonstrating is you're, you're showing people what you value in life. And, and then if you, if you value the same thing, that person makes a great financial mentor for you. So Trevor, in your own life, um, I think your whole workplace knows that you drive a relatively old car or did until you had to um, replace it with a newer used car. But uh, in this in the same breath, um, does so you you do talk pretty openly about kind of your 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 love for kind of keeping that old car and for maybe other things that in people it's not a secret that you don't go on trips as often because everyone is going on a trip and you're not going on a trip so I'm, but you just talk more maybe openly about these things because you are so passionate about personal finance yourself or are are these things that anyone can maybe just pick up on because you're Trevor and that's just who you are so the things you mentioned are the sacrifices I'm making for my goal. So pe- people are not, people would not choose me as a financial mentor because I drive an old car. Nobody, nobody's aspiring to drive an old car. People are driving old cars because they have other financial goals. But, and but so people it's can the other see fin- that. People can see that, I'm sure. Well, but if I didn't say my goal was to retire at 55, then people, th- that that's the thing people would choose me as a mentor for is, is that I want to retire at 55 too. It's not, I want to drive an old car and not take vacations. <laughs> no, nobody's saying, hey, I want some of that. <laughs> so, so, and that's the point I was trying to unravel and get to is that you driving an old car could be A, that you can't afford to buy a newer car or B, that is the result of a sacrifice. So I'm quite open about, I'm retiring at 55 and maybe I'm doing it at a subconscious level because I'm making a case for my old car, right? And my no vacations. So I I, I think it, I, I'm, I talk quite openly to anybody who will listen that I am. <laughs> Stand on your <laughs> desk, gonna, wave your hands around. I'm, I'm going to retire early I, I, from work, working life. And I, I it, so if you were going to choose me as a financial mentor, somebody in my community, it would be because of that. So maybe I vocalize that goal of mine. It, at a subconscious level, maybe so people will ask questions. No, that's fair. And with the demonstrating piece, though, we have kind of discussed this numerous times in the podcast how, well, of course, we all know that uh, demonstrating is, is better than, or talking is, or showing is better than telling because um, our actions speak louder than words, kind of a common saying. But at the same time, we do know that Demis, we can't always see the the debt hid behind the curtain. So, I mean, 
at what level is is do do we look for a financial mentor and, and know that the the truth is in the pudding? Well, you know, in in demonstrating is if I said, "Hey, I'm retiring at 55," and, and just say somebody's been following me and taking my advice for 20 years, and I get to 55 and, and just say, "I, can't, I, I it turns out I can't afford to retire." Sorry, but <laughs> sorry, buddy, that was, there was some bad advice along the way, <laughs> but. You, it's interesting to mention, you're looking for somebody who's who's doing things that would align with their goals. So me driving an older car, it kind of reason checks. Me living in a modest home, it kind of reason checks. So it's The math has to make the sense at, at some point. Yeah, if you're taking yeah. vacations every year and, and, and driving a $65,000 truck, I'm sure the average person could assume the math doesn't make sense. Okay, so that's number one, demonstrating. Number two is teaching. What does this point entail? And again, these points are ways to be a financial mentor mentor overall in, in aspects which you can show up um, as a mentor. So this one, there's a fine line between teaching and preaching. Ooh, and yes. I, I, <laughs> and this is one where you will have been, you know, solicited as a mentor. You know, at this point, the demonstrating, people could just be observing you and, and admiring your, your financial goals and your achievements. But the teaching one is where somebody has actually... Uh, you know, requested you to be a mentor because if you try to teach somebody who doesn't want to be taught, it gets ugly in a hurry. <laughs> so I, I, I would caution people to try to teach who, the, those who don't want to be taught. So teaching is is when basically somebody's come to you for advice, right? They're saying, you know, what should I, you know, why do you do this or what should I do in this scenario? And you can give them like hard knowledge, you know, maybe even math on explaining a, a scenario, you know, I'm thinking of buying a $65,000 truck, you know, can you tell me why I shouldn't? And that that's a teaching moment, right? So, but, but if you try to teach somebody who, who's not interested, then I mean, it, it ends horribly. So I'm looking at this list. So these act, these four points actually go in order of, of maybe the involvement you, a mentor has in a mentee's life and vice versa. So we demonstrate first and then we go into the teaching. And yeah, then, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, these are definitely in order. So, so I like that. So number one, the teach demonstrating is really kind of someone kind of is observing. And then only when you move to point number two, does, is there kind of the initiation between, Hey, like it, it kind of some initial questions. Um, like you said, the, the, it's, can I afford a $65,000 truck? Um, those teaching moments, what are really key when we're in then the teaching phase of what, what makes a good mentor? I mean, obviously preaching, um, not preaching, but teaching, but is there any other key points that are critical to making the mentee, um, want to continue engaging with his mentor in this stage? Well, you'd probably be of similar personality because somebody who's uh, a, you know a type A personality and somebody who's more you know a, an extrovert trying to teach an introvert or vice versa it, it, that wouldn't go well. So again, so at this point you've kind of accepted the role as being a mentor and you've accepted the mentee, and, and I just think your personalities have to be similar for this to succeed. I really love that you brought forward the personality piece. And I we could probably dedicate a whole episode to uh, personal finance and personality because, um, I mean, you mentioned this before, uh, Trevor, that you have three kids and, and all of your children have different personalities. And, and uh, while you kind of taught the same philosophies, or not taught, but, but supported your children with the same philosophies and kind of m- mentored them along with those philosophies, that they all um, do have a different outlook towards personal finance and, and saving 
and spending. So I think that that personality piece is is super, super key because if you, if you have an extrovert uh, mentoring an introvert, um, there may be that little, like you said, that kind of clash where it's like you really, I don't want to say lack of empathy, but that, that may be where you fully don't understand what it's like to to always want to be surrounded by maybe people um, because that's how you recharge and, and 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 again sometimes being surrounded by people is a sometimes more financially um, taxing not always but sometimes so I I like that that personality piece is so key. So that's number two, teaching um, in the kind of the second stage of being a financial mentor. So the third is coaching. So this sounds a little bit more, not intense, but a little bit more um, involved. Yeah. So this is where if somebody goes off the rails, you get them back on, right? If somebody, you know, they, they, they end up buying some, something shiny that they couldn't really afford, you get them back on and back on track and you remind them of, of why they're doing this. This is you reminding of the why, the why this is important. So the, the coaching is something that as a mentor, you'll, you need to be close enough to this person to coach them on a regular basis. So this is somebody you'd meet with. If they're not in your day, in your life every day, they're in your life every week. So, so you're going to need constant interaction with this person. And again, this isn't an official contract, you know, with, with a financial advisor or a financial coach. This is a friend in your life. And this is somebody that you can confide in and you're sharing some of your, your most inner secrets with and they're sharing some of their most inner secrets with financially. And so you're going to take what this person says to heart. So that, that imagine that kind of person in your life giving you advice. And I think the coaching is some people will need more of it. Some people will need less of it. And this, this kind of step or stage strikes me as one that requires requires is the the mentor to to be like i said empathetic and and very and nurturing and more and, and and gentle and patient because um depending on where that that mentee is in their life or or be hard and 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 take a hard line and 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 be kind of the the tough person in their life that they need to tell them the truth right so it, it, it'll depend on the person and back to the teaching thing you also need to be close to somebody in that there's teaching moments in everyone's life, you actually need to be in this person's life to help them through that that moment. You know, a teaching opportunity may present itself. And if you live three hours away, you're not in a great position to, to be there for every teaching moment. And it, quite often when you, if, if, if you're trying to mentor someone who lives far away, you're only, gonna, when you go to visit them, they're only going to show you the, the best side of themselves. So being involved in someone's life on a more frequent basis every day or every week, you might see the, be exposed to the real person and, and the teaching moments and the coaching moments will appear more often. And, and, and back to the point number three, the coaching. Um, I, I do love that you did throw in that it could involve tough love or, or some toughness because uh, like we probably will mention again, when we're going to be talking about choosing a financial mentor, we don't always may not always receive that from a parent per, just for example who um will be a little bit more um nurturing than than someone than someone else who we actually are looking for this this no this 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 is hard um hard kind of line in the sand so you haven't been involved in a lot of sports i'm guessing <laughs> my my vision of a coach you know in sports is there uh 
they tend to want to push you to your limit and they tend to want to, if you think of a personal trainer as a coach, they're not saying, oh, is, is that too heavy? <laughs> let, let, let me take some weight off for you. You know, they, They're telling you to push oh, harder. I see, I see you're sweating a little bit. Why don't we take it easy, right? Like a coach is there to, to push you push you, push you, you know, make you a better person. Push you to limits that you might not have been able to push to yourself. Yeah. And that you're right. That's where a parent falls down because they tend to not push as hard. It, unless you've ever been a parent, you, you, you just want your children to be comfortable and safe, right? And a coach, they want your, you to be in pain and, <laughs> and, 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 and be, and know you've been pushed to your limit. That's what a coach does. I, I actually love that visualization. And I admittedly have not been involved in uh, heavily in sports enough, apparently, but I, I like that visualization. I used to play, I used to play high school, I used to play high school football. Yeah, that would and do we, it. We had a coach and if you were lying on the field after a play, uh, the coach would come out in the field and he'd say, are you hurt or are you injured? <laughs> And if you were hurt, he'd say, get up <laughs> and, and get back in the game. But if you're injured, we'll get some people out here to carry you off the field. So that's kind of a coach's mentality, right? So And, and it's you, funny they push you. because we, we accept we accept that kind of harshness and that 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 pushing you to till tears or pushing you to we, 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 we accept that. We openly accept that when it comes to the gym or, 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 or any kind of athletic environment. But with personal finance, we should be open and accepting to that same type of rigmarole. Of course, not to, to tears by any mean, um, but we, 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 should, we should accept that openly. And, it's, and it, if we keep that mentality in mind that that coach in that space is doing the same thing that a coach would be in a more athletic um, environment, then, then I, I think it would be easier to kind of wrap our heads around the concept and idea. So the last stage where a financial show, mentor shows up in your life is as, account, as an accountability partner. And we talk about account, accountability partners all the time here on the show, but how does this really relate and involve um, a financial mentor? So this is where you, you'd have somebody in your life that you don't want to let down. So if, if somebody says, hey, you want to get to early financial independence, or just say you you really want to save up a down payment to buy a house and you run out and buy a $65,000 truck, you've let your financial mentor down, right? You, you've misled them. You've, you've said you wanted to do one thing, but you, you, your, your actions say something else. And you might lose that person as a financial mentor. So the accountability is, is you, somebody you don't want to let down in your life. That, that's when you know you have a good financial mentor is somebody who... You've asked for advice. They've invested some time into you, and now they they've told you, you know, here's the things you, you you need to do, and here's the things you shouldn't do. And if you do one of the things you shouldn't do, you've let them down. Now, as a mentor, you can't be saying one thing and saying, you know, I I, I I'm going to retire early, and here's all the things I'm doing, and then then you 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 don't practice what you preach. So accountability kind of goes both ways. That's a, that's, I think the kind of the very, uh, very moving final, um, step in that, that may move the needle. That is, that, that really strikes me as the, the part that will really help and assist the mentee in, in moving to, into a different financial space in their life. 
So, so that was kind of the the ways that a, the financial kind of mentorship evolves um, from demonstrating right down to it being an accountability partner. So, Trevor, I want to talk now about uh, more in depth about choosing a financial mentor. This part, I'm like we kind of talked about, is important. Yeah. So, choosing a financial mentor. Remember, you you should want to be a financial mentor, and you should want to financial mentor somebody else. So the this is when you're you can kind of look at this through both lenses when you when you're choosing a financial mentor you could also say well if somebody were choosing me would it, would i be portraying my my true self to the world that's a great way to look at it and let's let's jump in with number 1 with that thought in mind so the first kind of aspect to think about when choosing a financial mentor is look for somebody who's moving in a direction you want to move in so we did kind of talk about this but and and what other ways could could this this point be explored so if you think about me, I, I'm I need I have a financial mentor in my life, and I, so mine somebody who's retired that's not enough, right? I'm looking for somebody who retired early in life, and I want to know how that retirement is playing out for them. So just somebody retired that that's not specific enough for for my financial mentor that I that I need in my life. I needed somebody who actually retired at 55. Okay, that's super specific. It doesn't need to be 55, but somebody who retired early because there's a couple of factors at play. One is is you're, you're going to be, uh, your money needs to last longer than the average person's money. So you, you, you need more money to retire on. So I looked at, I mentored this person for uh, while they were working. So I, I, sorry, this person was my mentor while, while they were still working. And I, I saw the sacrifices they made, so I understand. And then they did retire at 55. I want to retire at 55. This person's a great mentor in my life. I spend, I wish I could spend more time with this person, but as it turns out, he's retired and he's he's always uh, going somewhere. So whenever I'm not working, he's he seems to be gone. But we did spend a lot of time together when he was working because we kind of were on the same schedule. So he's a mentor in my life, and I reached out to him all the time. But my parents, they didn't retire early. They retired at traditional retirement age. So the things they did, and the other thing is this person did not have a traditional, you know, one of these defined benefit pension plans where they pay you till you die. He, he kind of retired uh, with the same kind of finances I'm going to retire with, whereas my parents, they retired with one of these traditional pension plans. They're baby boomers. They, most baby boomers did. So I, I, what they're doing in retirement isn't, isn't what my retirement is going to look like. So I, I really peeled back the onion and got into the, the weeds of, of what my mentor needs to look like. So the second kind of area that we can look for when we're choosing a financial mentor is somebody who has your long-term interest in mind. If you have somebody who, if you're going to pick somebody who, I, 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 so a bad financial mentor is not, not necessarily a bad one, but some, just say you pick somebody who's, I keep using the word retirement, but just say it's a coworker who's right on the edge of retirement and you know they're going to be out of your life really soon because they're retiring and you're going to lose touch with them. That's not a really good choice from a financial mentor. But having somebody who's going to be, I guess it needs to be somebody who's going to be, you know is going to be in your life for a, a fairly long period of time because just say they move away. I mentioned this is hard to do from three hours away. Somebody you're going to see on a regular interval and they're going to be in your life for a while. And, and so when we're kind of looking at that point, point specifically, where can we physically look to to find that financial mentor? I mean, we haven't even finished this list, but already I'm I'm kind of just wondering, scratching my head about where I actually physically look for, for someone like this. 
Well, it could be, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, definitely co-workers. It could be uh, friends of the family. I mean, somebody in your community, you could belong to an organization. Like, like I belong to the Historical Society in my town. And there's a lot of older people there. And, and I, whenever I talk to people, I say, so, so, you know, what do you do for a living? And if they say they're retired, I am on them like you know, when did you retire? You know, how are you finding retirement? And I, I'm, I'm polling them and you, you just have to be, you have to be open-minded to who, who you would bring into your life. Cause you're going to share a lot of secrets with these people or not uh, secrets, a lot of details, financial details that you wouldn't share with the world. So it's just a matter of keeping your eyes, eyes open, ears open and, and embracing opportunities that come into your life. I, I like, I like that. And I'm going to say, if you think of the people you work with, that you're with you in some level you spend more time with the people you work with than your own family you know you spend eight hours a day with these people uh, so co-workers do make a great resource they can be a great mentor but they could also leave your life in a moment's notice right they could change jobs and they're gone so the, the, that's kind of they're you see them a lot they're in your life a lot but they could be gone in a moment's notice so it, they that could be a good choice or a bad choice. So the third of five points to consider when choosing a financial mentor is somebody is choose somebody who is your senior, generally not a sibling. So this is you want somebody who's been through a phase of life that 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 you're you're leading up to. And we talked about just just say you are a uh, you're going off to university. Well. I want somebody who's just finished university, not somebody who's just about to retire to be my financial mentor. I want somebody who's my senior, but not like decades my senior, just just a couple of phases of life ahead of me at the most, because they're going to be like, I forget what it's like to be a student, you know, and, and soon I'm going to forget what it's like to have young children. And I can pretend I remember, I can, re- I, I can pretend I remember the struggles, but I don't remember three o'clock in the morning feedings with babies. I, I, I can tell people I do, but I, I can't even pretend to remember how tired I was. And I, I can't remember the, the poverty-stricken student life and how that felt and how I, I didn't like it. So asking me to be your financial mentor as you're approaching post-secondary education, that, I think that's really a bad choice. So you want someone who's your senior, but just a little bit. And, and as far as the sibling thing goes, this sounds horrible, but a lot of siblings... You've heard of the term sibling rivalry? Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to say a sibling, so a financial mentor should be somebody who wants something more for you than they had. They, they want you to, to progress further and faster than they did. A real mentor would do that. They want you to have greater successes than they did. Well, siblings, they're kind of your, that, that's not always the case. And that wasn't, so for me and my, I have one brother, we, that was not our situation. I, I, we, we did not have a sibling rivalry at all. We, we were very close as young children and, and we wanted the best for each other. And I think my kids are the same. They, they kind of want the best for each other, but I think you can get in situations where your sibling, they want you to do okay, but I don't know if they want you to do better than them. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And I I think that point can even be extended to the individuals around us. I mean, there is this 
I, I don't, I can't, it's, I can't, it's not tangible, but it's, it's there that, that the feeling that we may feel or, or that individuals may feel where they want to be the best, where they want to be achieving something that no one else is achieving. They want to be different. And I think that can be a very dangerous mentality to fall into because in actuality, it, it would hopefully be the other way around that you're, you're hoping to inspire others to, 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 to do the unthinkable and, and follow you down your path. See, I want, I want people to, to do better than I, I, I've done. Uh, Everybody yeah, around that me. should be the way I, it should I, be. And, and maybe I'm unique, but when, when I see people come into work where I work and, and I want them, I, I, I tell them, I said, this will get old fast, meaning this job, this job will get old fast. So, so be, you know, choose your career path wisely. Like, like don't get stuck in this job. Don't, don't, don't do things that make you have to do this any longer than you need to. And it, I, 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 I say it all the time. This will get old. It, 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 I don't care what you do for a living. After 30 years, you will have had enough. In fact, after 25 years, you're going to wonder if this will ever end, right? You're going to say, I, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. In fact, a lot of people go through career changes because of that. So I, I just tell people this will get old. And, and I, I wish somebody would give me that advice. I would have taken it to heart. But I, I thought when I started my job, I thought I could do it forever. I thought this is easy. I can do this forever. But coming in and doing it every day for, for so many years, it gets old. So I, I so it turns out I retire early. But had I not, I was motivated for other reasons to retire early. But had I designed a life where I would have had to work till 65 and I got to this point in my life, I don't know what I would have done. I, well, you know what? I would have changed careers. I know I would have. So hearing that point, it, it, it makes me kind of want to throw in um, another element to, to consider when, th- when choosing a financial mentor, and that is choose someone you can wholeheartedly trust and believe in. Because you saying that to me, I, I believe it because I trust the things you say and I, I believe in the things you say. But you saying that just about how you will get tired of your job as, as a young individual um, just starting out my career, I'm, I, I, I actually have a hard time grasping the reality of it. I know it's true because I trust you. I know it's true because I believe that is true. But, I, but the actual understanding and, and, and feeling that and, and being able to fully understand that is, is beyond me at this point. And, and I, I felt the exact same way. And, and nobody, nobody, in fact, when I was going into the finance field, people say, this is a great field. There's lots of jobs. You'll always be employed. That's how they're how they pumping it up. But nobody ever said, but this will get old in about 25 years. So just be prepared for a career change. Nobody ever uttered those words to me. They, they just said, you, you'll be able to do this. You'll always be able to find work in this field. But it, it, the same fighting the same fight day after day, year after year, it just gets old. But you would say then that as kind of a sub point within there that finding a financial mentor, choosing a financial mentor that you can trust and believe in is important. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, the trust has to be like that. That's there's nothing that goes beyond the trust because you, you're sharing a lot of financial details, a lot of personal information with your mentor. If you want to be mentored correctly or, or at any meaningful level, that you're sharing a lot of inner secrets with this person that I, I think you, you're going to have to trust them to, to get to the point where you're going to reveal that information. 
So the fourth of five points to consider when choosing a financial mentor is choose somebody who will be in your life for an extended period of time. So you kind of approached this when you mentioned point number two about find somebody who has your uh, long-term interest. But you did mention that, I mean, if your financial mentor moves away or, or leaves the job, if they are a coworker. So how do you kind of combat this point and, and find someone that you can, I don't want to say guarantee will be in your life for an extended period of time, but you know will be around? So the, although these are my five points, I, I kind of said them out of order. So the, I, when you, you mentioned, you said point number two was someone who has your long-term interest. I actually, in my head, I was thinking somebody who'd be in your life for a long period of time. So I, I, I kind of explained this one as point number two. So I'm going to explain point number two <laughs> as point number four. So someone who, who's given your, your period for a long, long extended period of time, you know, I, I pointed out the flaws of a coworker, but someone who has your long-term interests, it's really somebody who shares your long-term interests. So somebody, just say you have a financial mentor, just say you want to save up a down payment for a house. But your financial mentor is somebody who believes in renting. You know, that's a long-term interest that you don't share. So having that person as a mentor is, is going to be, there's not going to be a good fit. If, if I want to retire early and I, I choose a financial mentor who wants to work till they're 70 because they love their career or whatever, we don't share the same long-term interest. So them as a mentor, it's not going to work. So and it's easy to find people who share your short-term interests because we, we all have a lot of common short-term interests or, or goals. But long-term, finding that person. So I, I mentioned I had to find somebody who specifically retired at 55 or that was their goal. And I, I, I zeroed in on that person and they've been a great financial mentor to me. I Finding somebody who wanted to work to 70, they're gonna, their guidance is going to be not the greatest for, for my goals. So Trevor, are you, but as a, as a financial mentor yourself, would you say though that pretend you, you only rented your whole entire life, never been a homeowner, you still have the skills, the skill set and the discipline just to make finance, smart financial decisions in being a homeowner. So is that not translatable over to helping someone who, who only would like to rent or, or, or to who would like to buy a home or rent or vice versa? No, I, I don't think so because I think somebody who's a, going to be a lifelong renter and we we've done an episode on on renting just so we're we're pro renting is is a is a, a lifestyle philosophy just in case anyone no one's listened to that episode but i think you have different struggles in life you have different financial obligations as a homeowner you your expense your expenses tend to come in these lumpy forms like roofs and windows and doors and your you're con- you're more concerned about property values and your community and, and and how it's going to impact the value of your home. And for instance, I'm one environmental disaster away from a, a huge investment losing a lot of value. As a renter, my my concern for my community, I might be concerned for my community, but a a toxic waste spill at the at our local beach would would impact me only that I couldn't visit that beach. But that I happen to live in a beach town. And I got to think my property values somewhat reflects the fact that this is a beach town. So if there's a toxic waste spill at our beach, I can't go to the beach. Plus, I, I've taken a hit on my, my real estate investment. So I, I'm going to 
my philosophies or my concerns in life are different than those of a renter. Yeah, no, and, and, and like you said too, back to you have been a parent with young children before, but at the same time, you rented a while ago. So maybe you're a little bit out of touch with that. Or maybe you read a book on renting a while ago and you're as, as a, so I'll pretend a person who's only been a homeowner. It's still, you, you do lose touch with that where maybe if, you're, if someone's looking to rent, the best person to talk to is someone who is renting or has been a longtime renter. But I think as as a as a homeowner, if you're if you're mentoring somebody who never wants to own a home, then I I just think your your concerns in life, your maybe you you you're more cautious and you you offer more cautious advice. I I think you it's not if you never want to be a homeowner, and you choose a mentor, somebody who's been a lifelong homeowner. I I just think you're that's enough of a thing that your past are, are just, there's going to be too many differences. I, I don't think it would be a good fit. Just say you pick somebody who's always driving a BMW or a Mercedes and you want, you don't value cars like that person does. Then I don't think they're going to be a good mentor. These are big ticket expenses in your life. So if, if you, if you don't share the same view on the big things, you're never going to align on the small things. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. And and to, to move on to the fifth um, element to consider when choosing a financial mentor, it is choose somebody who you are willing to share your financial life plans with. So this has to be somebody you you are willing to reveal your 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 financial details to, and, and a, a lot of people, it's amazing. And I've said this before. The information we will share about relationships and and thing personal things in our lives, but ask someone to sh- how much they earn and i mean they will close up like a vault right there there is no nobody wants and it's it's our society is measuring somebody's worth on the how much money they earn that mindset is is so flawed your contribution to your community goes way beyond your paycheck so but our society measures somebody's worth based on how much they earn and it's been that way as long as as I can as, as I've been around and nobody wants to and, and nobody's reviewed. and then when you've spent stupid money on things you if you have a $1200 truck payment in your life nobody wants to share that right the, 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 so nobody wants to share how much they make cuz they're always concerned that somebody will judge them and nobody should and nobody wants to reveal some some bad financial purchases that they made or how much they've spent on something again uh, in fear of judgment so your mentor has to be somebody who is somebody you'll reveal stuff because you know you won't be judged and i think that last piece about the kind of the financial debt that one may carry is a super super key piece um and and i'm one that i'm glad you you brought forward because i think that kind of that fear like you said fear of judgment can hold us back from from reaching out from from having the courage to to talk with someone else and trevor as your own self as someone who has a financial mentor himself how did you how did you get over this? I mean, of course you, and and our listeners could argue and say, Trevor, of course you could have a financial mentor. I mean, you have no debt in your life. Of course you're going to tell someone how much you make. It's, it's, it's not that bad. So how, I mean, for our maybe listeners who are facing that, I obviously, I'm, or not obviously, but I in this space that I'm at, I'm seeking a, men, a financial mentor 
because I, 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 I don't know how to proceed forward. So how, I mean, that, that's, that's a lot to face on your own, A, but B, telling someone about that and sharing that, how do you get over, how do you, I guess, how do you bridge past that, that space? Well, you just have to find somebody you trust, but here's, here's an example how you would approach a financial, so just say, I wanted to know how much money do I need to live off in retirement? And I, I've seen somebody who's living a lifestyle that I could live, right? I, it, that appears comfortable to me. Asking that person, just say they're not my financial mentor. Going up to that person saying, hey, how much do you live off of a year? That it, If you haven't you know, developed this mentor-mentee relationship, that, that's a very awkward question to ask somebody. But you could say, hey, do you think... Uh, in retirement, you could live off this amount of money. So you, you know, suggesting, you know, I want to live off this amount of money. Does that sound realistic? That's how you kind of open the, 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 the rapport with that person. And, and that's, that's how I shared my details is I said, you know, does this sound realistic in retirement that you could live off this amount of money? You know, I said to him, I said, I've heard that you spend a lot less money in retirement than you do when you're working. We both live in the same town. We both live in a similar neighborhood and we both, drive similar cars and we have the same number of kids and you know so our lives are very similar so i said do you, do you think you could live off this amount of money in retirement does this sound reasonable and that that opened the door that that's kind of how we broached the subject and then I, I just felt more comfortable sharing more and more details i like that i like that framing framing the the question framing the scenario to reflect more upon yourself than then throwing your mentor into that space. I didn't ask him to reveal great gobs of detail about him, right? I didn't ask him to, you know, to give me your secrets. I said, here's my secrets. You know, do they sound reasonable? And that kind of opened him up to, you know, by by that person saying, yeah, that that's that's reasonable. You know, I, I live off a similar amount of money, and, and that's kind of how it got flowing. I like that. And I think my big final question um, as we kind of wrap up this section of how to choose a financial mentor is, can you have multiple financial mentors that you look for, you look to for different aspects? Pretend you look for one for maybe housing and, and one for um, car. I don't know. Is that, is that possible if, if you can't find that one person who, who fits everything? That's a really good question, and and I I would say I would break it into the only I, the the risk of following multiple mentors is you could be pulled in multiple directions, and really not having a general direction at all. So if you have one mentor who mentors you on uh, vacations, and then another one who mentors you on retirement planning, and another one who mentors you on home buying, that they may all have different philosophies in general. And then your life will appear to have no direction at all. The only way I would divide it in two is you might have a, a career path mentor and then a personal finance mentor. You know, if I ever divide it, because one is obviously your earnings and your career path. And you quite often can separate your working life from your personal life. A lot, a lot of people do. And that's the only, but ideally your, your mentor would be this single, you know, overarching person who I was lucky to find. But I think having multiple members, mentors in your life is is dangerous. And I think it, you could end up getting conflicting advice and, and not really achieving any goals. I like that. I like that a lot. 
So, Trevor, that was choosing a financial mentor. Now let's talk about being a financial mentor. So, and I, and I just want to say, so everyone listening to this podcast should be willing to be a financial mentor to somebody, and it's 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 what's going to move our society forward. It's what's going to solve a lot of our personal finance problems is being a financial mentor. And a lot of times it's don't do what I did. I made a lot of mistakes. Don't follow my path. Or when you get to this point, don't do this. If, if that's all you have to offer as a mentor, do it. Be help, be, be somebody's mentor. It, it, I consider it a, your, your, your responsibility to, to mentor somebody. And when we're talking about being a financial mentor, would it be safe to say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there, would it be safe to say that anyone and everyone can be a financial mentor just from what you just said, how we all have pieces of wisdom to offer up about things that did not work out well in our life and what we have learned from them? You say you're in high school, you get your first job working at McDonald's or Tim Hortons or any restaurant. You could be a financial mentor right there. That, I mean, that, that could be your, your starting point to being a financial mentor to somebody is the next new person that gets hired, you can mentor them, help them manage the money they're earning at that job. So that's an example of how you, could, you, you can be a mentor that early in life. So there's no, there's no age limits. There's no experience limits. It's simply where you are in your life and the proximity to those in, in relation to those around you. And you know, the younger you are, the the shorter the phases of your life are that as they change. So I just mentioned somebody who's who's got their first job at sixteen could be a mentor to somebody who who's who's getting the, the next person being hired a year they could just be a year older and be a mentor. Somebody who's in uh, just started university could be a mentor to somebody who's who's just about to finish high school. Somebody who's just finished university could be a mentor to somebody who's just starting university. But then as you get older, so, so you notice that last one, that, that was a four-year window I gave you, right? So the first one was a one-year window, and it's getting wider and wider. And then the older you get, it just makes sense that you're, you're, the mentor you choose is probably going to be older because it takes longer to get to that next phase of life. So I guess my final question before we dive into what it means to be a financial mentor is there is there any individuals you should not look to be a fi- look towards to be a financial mentor? I mean, yes, anyone any age at, with any experience can be a financial mentor. But I think I don't know if I'm listening to this this podcast today, I'd be I'd be thinking. But Trevor, there's some people who are maybe not um, living the financial life that I want to live. They are purchasing the $65,000 checks, which, which is not some, which is okay for some individuals, but not okay for me. So at some level, is there, at some level, should you just simply look for someone who's living the life you want to live and, and therefore make that per, that person is therefore a good financial mentor? So beware of the person who appears to have it all. You know, that, that's the person you don't want to choose. But the person that has has the the great job, the fancy house, the fancy car, vacations all the time, and they plan to retire early. You know, beware of that person because they're not giving you all the goods. There's stories yet to play out, and it, it may not end well. So, the person that has it all, you, those that person is not sharing their their details with you. You know, you're you're not getting the whole story. So, the 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 person. 
I'm so for when I chose a financial mentor, I found somebody who's where I wanted to be, and I looked for the sacrifices they were making. You know, someone who shares my financial goals, and every I don't care who you are, you if you have a financial goal, you also have a financial sacrifice somewhere. So when I see somebody who's striving for the same goals I am, I'm also looking for what sacrifices did they make or are they willing to make to get those goals so and then then i i i can decide okay those aren't the sacrifices i'm willing to make you know i need a brand new truck every year and i want to retire early i need to find somebody who's doing that turns out you can't <laughs> I, I don't think but or somebody who's got a great big fancy house and they say they're going to retire early just say those are the two goals and they're driving a 15-year-old car and they've never taken a vacation in 20 years. So just say, okay, I found the person who wants the same goals I want. They seem to have a nice house, but they are making some sacrifices. Are, am I willing to make those same sacrifices? If so, then that's somebody who I would choose as a financial mentor. But the person who has it all and has zero sacrifices, financial sacrifices in their life, probably not a good mentor. I like that. So you can kind of, there's two points to keep in mind essentially uh if you see something that looks utopian question and then look for the sacrifices nice and easy i like that so there is a question i forgot to ask when we were up in the choosing a financial mentor section and the we talked about how siblings i'm kind of backtracking here but there's we talked about how siblings wouldn't necessarily be the the right financial mentor for you potentially but my other kind of two questions are peers, which it, it's kind of, it sounds like your financial mentor was a peer, but also someone who is a little bit older than you. So peers is my one question, kind of uh, like your friend um, who maybe is either older or younger. Um, I will potentially, I guess, older. But and, and what about a partner, uh, whether it's um, a, a mo- like a, a relationship? So your your or your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, what, what about that? When, when I met my, I came from a, so that's a great question. So I, I came from a pretty comfortable life as a kid. You know, I grew up in a middle-class family. We, we didn't want for much. You know, we seemed to have all of our wants and needs satisfied on a pretty, pretty regular basis. My wife came from a, a much less prosperous upbringing. And I learned a lot from her in that uh, when we first we're together and married and and you move out from a comfortable life as a kid from your parents home and you, you're on your own and you start to have to make some sacrifices and and life starts to get a little abrasive a little harder and you have to push through it well as soon as it got hard I kind of I wasn't prepared for that but my wife said this is easy you know I came from hard this is easy so I, I my wife actually was a great inspiration for me and and a mentor in a way in that she she had seen harder times than I ever did. And I was able to, to learn from her. So when she said, you know, this is not hard, you know, or this is, this is just sacrifices you have to make. I, that was mentoring and, and I, I was open to it. Right. So that your, your spouse can be a mentor if they came from a, a dramatically different background, but people that come from the exact same upbringing, this is why siblings don't work. They come from the exact same upbringing. They're in a similar phase of life. They don't have a whole lot of extra information to offer you, right? They they came from the same place. 
they experience the same hardships, right? So at a young age, what, what can a sibling really offer you that you don't already know? Whereas your spouse could have come from a whole different place. So you, your mentor can be of a similar age, but their life experiences were different. And, and maybe they, I used to hate use hardship, but they've endured more hardships, so they learn more from it, or they made financial mistakes that they learn from that they can share with you. So only, only if somebody had a different path in life, but of the same age, can, can they offer value to you as a mentor? I think that's very valuable. So it, it, it speaks to how important life experience, again, can, can trump age even at, at some level. Well, in, if you think of your financial life, age is kind of irrelevant. It's so my financial mentor is only a few years old, older than me, but he, he's, he, he had a different upbringing. And I'm going to say he, he gained a lot of financial wisdom early in life where I, I'm going to say I grew up in kind of a more of a, a posh, a posher or a more comfortable life than he did. So he, he was more financially wise than me because he had to be. And, and, and that, again, is, is definitely something if, if our listeners are listening to, listening to the podcast to, to kind of look for in their financial mentors as well. So let's, uh, let's jump back to where we were before I sidetracked us. So being a financial mentor. So like you said, so anyone, like we said, who kind of went through what kind of qualifies you as being a financial mentor. So, um, and like Trevor said, you should want to be a financial mentor. So as a financial mentor, how, so Trevor, I'm sure you don't walk around with, uh, I willing to be a financial mentor t-shirt and hat and, and sign. I'm sure you don't walk around with all those things every day. So people approach oh, you. I, Are I'll you, have to put that one back in the closet. <laughs> He's like, oh, he's like, what? Um, so, okay. Well, maybe Trevor does, but what if we have a listener who doesn't necessarily um, tell everyone they walk by that they're a financial, willing to be a financial mentor? How, how can you, what are some ways that you can kind of indicate to those around you, whether it's someone that you feel is a good um, person that, that maybe they're pretend you kind of somehow know that they want to achieve early financial independence and haven't been, um, you haven't kind of shouted that at them yet or something like that. How, how can you kind of broach that subject and, and kind of hint that you, you're there for them, that you would be willing to be that person for them and and just your everyday life. So I think the most important thing to, to be open to being a mentor is, and this is something I struggle with a lot is be willing to listen and understand somebody's problems and issues. And if somebody starts to say, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having some problem uh, getting my student debt paid off. And if you just jump in and say, well, just cancel your cable package and sell your car. And, you know, you just rhyme off a whole bunch of, you know, your, your pat answers. But you haven't listened to the person's all their other issues and concerns in their financial life. If you don't let them tell their story then they're not going to believe you understand their problems. So I, I think being a financial mentor, it starts with listening and understanding at a great level of detail somebody's problems, you know, financial problems in their life. And only then can you begin to help them. But if you just, if you just have your, you might as well be handing out business cards if you just let somebody get two words out and then you offer all the advice in your head. <laughs> Nobody 
is is going to want you to be their financial mentor or trust you to be their financial mentor because they don't believe you understand their problems. So listening and understanding is the key to being a financial mentor, the, the first key. And and that that is point number one on our seven point list of being a financial mentor. And, and Trevor, as someone who's so incredibly passionate about personal finance, and I mean, you have a podcast about it, of course, they're passionate about it. How how do you rein that in? How do you how do you kind of not if someone does kind of bring that up to you maybe in an everyday work situation we'll throw that out how how do you kind of take that that space to just understand and listen to them and then and how do you know when they're ready to um kind of be open for that advice just kind of in that interaction to continue that that kind of example on well when when somebody's describing a, a financial problem in their life if it ends with a question then you are their mentor right? At some level. So when someone is, is just venting, right? Then, then they may, it might not be the opportunity, but when I, I spoke with my financial mentor and my, I started with a question, but I mean, explaining your problem and it ends with a question. I mean, that's probably your in. So I, I, I kind of want to stop there because I love how you said just, it, it, I mean, this this example that we just were talking about, it's, it was just a very, it, it could have been just a conversation someone was having with you because they're having a bad Monday. But I, I like that because, I mean, I think even anyone who else is with me on this networking, the word networking, networking event, it sounds so intimidating when re- in reality, networking is literally just meeting someone in the professional field and that's all it is but so when we make this I mean when I'm I'm thinking about financial mentor I'm like hi Trevor my name's Courtney will you be my financial mentor like no I don't I don't think it has to be that that formal and that um, intimidating it could just be like you said the kind of this this small conversation where someone is just seeking help in that moment like here's an example if somebody come up to me and said man this $1,200 truck payment is just killing me right I'm not gonna you know if I said, "Well, you should sell that truck and buy yourself a used car," right? That, that's that's not the the door has not been opened. You, they're not asking to be a mentor, right? They're just venting. But if they're saying, uh, "This twelve hundred dollar truck payment is killing me," you know, what can I do to to save some money and and, and get my student loans paid off? I, I'm just struggling here. I'm just I, I I can't seem to get any traction. That's somebody who's reaching out for help. Yeah, and, and that right there is the initiation of. A, um, a financial mentorship and, and even not in its most formal sense. You could even maybe for that person, your financial mentorship kind of stops at, at maybe stage one or two or three of just like demonstrating teaching or coaching and, and you don't actually serve as an accountability partner. So anyway, so back to this list. Uh, so that was li- that was number one, listen and understand the issue. Probably that that might, that I think, would you agree Trevor is the most important piece of, or oh. Of un- it all starts there. Yeah, it all starts there. If if you're not if you aren't listening and understanding the issues, you you might as well just move on. And uh, so so that that's important. And let, let's move to number two. And I think number two works in very much in relation with listening and understanding the issue. And and once you listen and understand the issue, number two is to be compassionate. Being compassionate. If you're a financial mentor, you have to care at some level for that that this person you're mentoring is going to succeed. And you, I can spot someone who doesn't, who isn't compassionate from a, from a mile away. I mean, they're they're just giving lip service to your problems, right? They're just saying, but but somebody who who's compassionate and they know that you, what you're, everyone has a different, uh, I'll say, financial fear in life. You know, some people it's job loss. 
other people, it's unexpected expenses coming into their life. And if you're a good mentor, you'll know that what the, your this person's weaknesses are or this this person's vulnerabilities are. And you need to be compassionate about those. You can't just flippantly say, put in for that promotion and let the chips fall where they may when you know this person is is very vulnerable about, as it comes to job loss, right? Like, for instance, there was a time when I was the sole income for my family of five. And taking a, a, a career advancement opportunity, it, it introduced a lot of risk into my life. And I, I felt I, that's not a risk you could take. So my financial mentor, they knew that. And they, you know, so when I said, oh, I, I can't get any financial traction, just say that was my problem. They may say, well, you know, get, get a higher paying job. Well, they knew that that wasn't a place I wanted to go at. As a sole breadwinner and, and, and of a young family, changing jobs and all the risk associated with that was not something I wanted to entertain. So my compassionate mentor knew that wasn't going to be a, a card I was I was willing to play, and they, they, they didn't keep going to that one as, as an answer to my problem. So that's how you can be compassionate is, is know the person you're mentoring, know their vulnerabilities, and understand that it, it might not be your vulnerability, but, but because it's theirs, you have to respect that and, and work around that vulnerability. And then the third one, and I really like this point, um, and, and, and as a financial mentor, be a financial mentor for somebody you think you can help. So this 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 speaks volumes to what we were talking about earlier about just being having experience and just admitting to yourself whether this is someone you can actually um, mentor. Like if somebody came to me and said, hey, I want to be a, a vice president of finance and, and I want you to be my mentor, I'd say, well, <laughs> you have come to the wrong place because... I have no interest in climbing a corporate ladder and I couldn't even begin to motivate you to do it. So if somebody comes to you and and you know they're reaching out to you to be a mentor and I mean, again, they're not asking you, but they're they're coming to you for financial advice or career advice and you know, you, you know up front that you don't share the same goals this person does long term, then then don't waste each other's time. Don't Don't pretend to be somebody's mentor when you know they have zero interest in retiring early or they have zero interest in buying a house or, or maybe they never want to have a family. And all, these are all the things that were important to you in your life and, and all the wisdom and experience you gained. They share none of that. Then being that person's financial me- mentor, you're going to offer so little that you and you'll know more than they'll know that it's a bad fit. Number four is be a financial mentor for somebody you think you can communicate well with. So this kind of reminds me again of we're talking about personality and personality compatibility. Yeah. So this, we talked about extrovert, introvert. I mean, if this is somebody who you just can't communicate with in that your personalities don't mesh, it's probably not a good fit. My mentor is, is of a of a similar personality. I've done multiple personality tests, so I, I would suggest a lot of people do that and figure out who you are and figure out who the people in your life are, and you'll quickly know if, if it's a good fit. But if it's somebody you struggle to communicate with and and you just you you don't communicate at the same level, maybe some people, they talk big picture, right? They talk high level. And, and there's some people who just, they need details. They, they need the nitty-gritty details to to really believe they understand the concept. And other people, they, they just want to talk big picture and, and, and they love big picture. And, and if those two people, you could not possibly mentor those two people. They, they, that couldn't be a worse fit. 
And when we're talking about um, finding somebody you can communicate well with um, as a financial mentor, does does this point extend to the idea that maybe your mentee gets maybe defensive um, when you're examining, say, uh, say a certain issue? Does does this point then extend to well, how can I how can I work with with understand with with letting my mentor know that I'm on their team, I'm on their side, and I'm wanting and willing to help. No, you know, you're describing, say you're a mentor and you're trying to hold your mentee accountable and there's a bit of friction. That That isn't you walking away saying, oh, I guess we're a bad fit. It's supposed to be a little hard and a little uncomfortable. I mean, that's where growth comes from, right? So if you're being a good mentor, you're going to have some uncomfortable conversations with somebody. You're going to, in, in an effort to hold them accountable, you're going to say, you know, that that's really not good enough. You're not going to get to where you want to be you know, doing those kind of things, right? So if you're a, if you're a really good mentor, you will have had uncomfortable conversations. And been able to communicate through them. Yes, yeah. Um, so number five of seven um, for how to be a financial mentor is um, be somebody you're willing to um, share your financial details. So this this point is this um, it, does it go both ways? So be someone who, as a mentor, you're willing to share your financial financial details with, and then vice versa, be somebody your mentee is willing to share their financial details with. So as a mentor, if it, I, I'm if I'm mentoring somebody, I want to share all of my failures with this person is quickly as possible. I want to show all my vulnerabilities. I want to show all my train wrecks, all my dumpster fires. And because I, I, the last thing I want this person to do is make those mistakes. I don't want to get to the position where they made the same mistake and we're having a conversation and saying, yeah, I did the same thing when I was your age. You know, that you failed as a mentor, right? If, if that conversation happens and they were under your mentorship during that period of time, big fail on you right so but but trevor if i if i expose all these these things that i've done to my mentee will they still believe and trust in me well i i hope you would because again i've said this before on the podcast you learn so much from your failures and so little from your successes in life your successes in life could be just good fortune they could be just the right place right time and like i said i've lived in the same house for 20 years and I've had nothing but great neighbors. I'm not pretending for a second I know how to pick neighbors or, or neighborhoods. I lucked out. and But but I, I've also bought one bad used car, and, and I think I learned a lot from that one. And I've bought some great used cars, and I, I have one that's 15 years old in my driveway. And I used I, I'm starting to wonder, okay, I can pick a used car, but I, I don't think I could pick that one again, right? I, I kind of know I lucked out on that car. So you, you learn, in fact, okay, I, I, I have a really good job in, in a great town and I, I'm not pretending for a minute I picked those two things to, to work out. They, they, a really good paying job in a, in a really nice beach town, low cost of living. I didn't, I didn't pick that. I didn't do that. I, I was searching for that, but it worked out better than I, okay, so I was looking for that at some level. But I couldn't imagine it working out as well as it did. So I, I think I kind of lucked out a little bit there. So, but your failures, you know, right, you should know right away what you did wrong, and, and and not to do that again. So think of this checklist of the things not to do. So sharing your failure failures with somebody is 
you should be if you somebody's sharing their failures with you, you should be like taking notes. I mean, this is valuable information. And I think that speaks volumes, like you kind of said earlier, to that individual, to your mentor. If if you have a mentor who's sharing all of these these failures, I think it, it definitely speaks volumes to how open and transparent they are willing to be with you, and and how much more you know that there there's nothing to hide. All the cards are on the table, and they're and they're willing to to be that way in order to, to be the best mentor possible. So the final point um, into being a f- fantastic financial mentor is, is be, a, some, be someone who's available for the teaching moments. So this one is, w- just say the person you're mentoring, they, have, they make this train wreck of a decision, right? It just, it couldn't go worse. The worst thing you can do is say, well, I'm going to stay away till, <laughs> till this cools off, <laughs> you know, until the smoke clears and then I'll, I'll go visit them and, did, and you know, we can talk through what went wrong. The closer you can get to bad decision, teaching moment, the better off, the better mentor you are. So, if, again, this is where I'm saying being, living three hours away makes you a horrible mentor, right? Because you're only going to see this person in their best light. But if you can be there when things go wrong, things go really bad, and you can be there to, to two things, you can help you know, mitigate the damages and point out where this went wrong. As a mentor, that is a fabulous, uh, I mean, you've done your job then. So a question for that point, what if your advice, what if your mentorship was the cause of that failure? And again, nothing's truly a failure, but in that moment, pretend your mentee views that as a failure. Who's that on? Is that on you? And how, how are you going to kind of embrace that situation? Well, as a mentor, so it's only on you if you said, you know, you should, uh, but, but what if that, that fear of, of misleading your mentee is holding you back from really embracing all of the potential you have within you to be a, a mentor? Well, you, you can't work from a position of fear, right? You, you have to, you're, you're working off your life experiences as a mentor, right? You're not, it's, you're, if the information is in a book, you would just hand the person the book and say, read this and you'll be financially wiser. But you're you're working from a p- position of your financial experiences that you're passing on to somebody. So, and you you can say this worked, this didn't. So just say something worked out for you. Just say buying a sixty five thousand dollar truck made sense at some point in your life, and you're glad you did it. And you told somebody else to do it, and it didn't work out for them. Well, it it isn't because it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out for them for whatever. Well, there's a lot of reasons that wouldn't work out, but. It didn't work out for them, maybe for a different reason. So I don't think you got to own that as a mistake. If if you offer advice that worked for you, and it turns out it doesn't work for the person you're mentoring, then okay, you might have missed some of the circumstances that were different, but you don't have to own that 100%. And uh, there's, and to, to kind of extend that one further, there's the saying um, that that my father says to me all the time that, if something goes wrong, what can you pull? Don't don't dwell on what goes wrong, but think about all the things, all the ways that you can move forward so that it doesn't happen again. And and even if you're financial mentors, just in your life to to kind of show you the bright side of the of of of, of the coin and to show you maybe that happened for for a reason, regardless of how unfortunate it is. But you, you know what I mean. Maybe there's always something your fin- your financial mentor can kind of just kind of nudge you in the shoulder and say, you know what. No, like it, this is how it's going to be sunnier on the other side of this hill. Yeah, you, you want to te- if you can take away a learning experience from any bad event, it, it 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 can only benefit you. And and sometimes it takes someone else, a third party, not 
um, as emotionally invested in that to, to show you is to point it out. Yeah. And yeah. that definitely could be the role of your financial mentor. Just even if you bring a problem to your financial mentor, this happened to me. It's the worst. And it could be your financial mentor who kind of pulls you through it. And sometimes that's all we really need. So Trevor, we do have, we have one final section to hit up and it is, when is it time for a mentor? Before we get there though, I have, uh, maybe I'm, this might be completely, I think it's probably completely off track, but I have two burning questions for you. Um, kind of based on things that you've said throughout the episode. And I guess it really does relate because I mean, if, if you, if you mentor anyone in your life, these might be questions that, that someone would have for you. And so two questions. So number one is, are you just financially heading towards financial independence just because you make a lot of money? So I make a really good wage for the cost of living I have. I live in a very low cost area and relative to that, I have a, a really good income relative to where I live. If I lived in downtown Toronto, I, I probably, I, I wouldn't say that. I'd say the income to lifestyle expense would, would be average to below average. And, and so obviously... I, I said I stumbled into that some degree, but I also chose it at some level. So I designed this life. I'm saying I'm here because I, I took some deliberate actions. This didn't just happen. I, I didn't just, I, I always say this, I didn't sit somewhere with bad math, meaning my expenses were more than my income. I didn't sit somewhere with bad math and say, poor me. I, I took action. I did something deliberate. And I did follow the advice of a financial mentor in, in, a, in achieving some of that. No, and, and that, that point makes sense. I, my second question is gone, but when it comes back to me, I will ask it. But I do want to move on to when is the time for a financial mentor? And I love, this is probably my favorite section of today's show because I think it, it, there is this kind of stigma around, oh, if I reach out for a mentor, if I ask for help, it means I have failed. No, I, I th- reaching out for, a, I think if you don't reach out for a mentor and you fail, then, then I, I'm going to say a little bit of shame on you. So I think the big question is, so we've kind of boiled it down that there has to be no specific age where you do reach out for a men- financial mentor. You can be any age at any point in your life. But I think it, like you have listed here, you have kind of key times when the flags could be waving high in the air, indicating that you do need a financial mentor. Um, so, so number one is preferably ongoing, but before significant life events. So this point kind of indicates that you have to be a little bit proactive. You, when, you, when you're moving into, so for instance, just say you're having children, right? That, that, that's, a, that's a significant life event. Or say you're buying a house. You would want to reach out to somebody on some house buying advice. Or if you're having children, you'd, this is a common question. Like, how do you know when you can afford to have children? I mean, I remember hearing, asking that question. Or retirement. How do you know when you can afford to retire? These are questions you have in reaching out to a mentor in, in, in getting answers to those questions. Like I say, preferably ongoing. You've always got a mentor in your life. But failing that, before you make a, a life-changing or a life-altering decision, reach out to somebody and get a, what I'm going to call a temporary mentor in your life, somebody you trust that you can bounce scenarios off of. So um, the next reason, next time when you feel that it's time for a mentor, that's something you kind of notice in your life is that when you start to lose direction, motivation, or traction. So how do you know? Because sometimes it's hard to identify this within yourself. How can you kind of, obviously there's big warning signs um, creeping, consumer debt, things like that. But 
when, I mean, when you're already kind of feeling that anxiety around these things happening, how do you go? How do you step out of that and, 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 and reach out for a mentor? Well, if you think, if, if just say you think you're losing direction or you're losing traction or your motivation's waning and you reach out to a mentor and, you, you know, again, they're open to listening and understanding your issues only to find out, yeah, these are the sacrifices you need to make for the things you want. Even if you discovered that, if that's what your mentor told you, that that you, you it may feel this way, but trust me, that that's how it feels. You, you, it feels like it's taking a long time to get there because it's going to take a long time to get there. If that's all you get from your mentor, it was a conversation worth having. It kind of puts some normalcy around what you're going through and to know that you're not alone because a lot of a, a lot of the times life events that happen to us we can probably we can sometimes feel isolated and that we're the only one experiencing the the hardship that that we are experiencing when in reality when it's when it's either paying back student loans or, or other events and phenomena like that where we're usually not alone. And the final time when 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 something happens in your life, um, such as a one-time event or a pattern, maybe this is time for a financial mentor. Yeah, so when things go bad or, or just at, after you've made a bad financial decision and you've suffered the consequences of that bad decision, you may want to reach out for a mentor, especially if you don't understand what went wrong. That, that's when you want to reach out for a, a mentor. Again, this is a temporary mentor. You should ideally you'd always have one, but if if you don't, reach out to somebody and say, "What do you think went wrong here? What I haven't been able to learn or discover what I the, where this went off the rails, and I, I need somebody to help me see where this went wrong." Like that that's where a financial mentor can, can really if you if something goes really wrong financially in your life, and you can't take away anything from it to say, "I'm never going to do this again," this specific thing then you need somebody else's eyes to look at the situation and say, what went wrong? You know, and you're going to have to share a lot of details with somebody to get to maybe to the underlying cause. But if you don't figure out what went wrong, guess what? It, it could happen again. And you, you can only suffer so many financial disasters before you dig a hole so deep it, it might look like you can't get out. And, and, and like we said earlier, with this, this point of of, of bringing someone in when you can't quite figure out what's kind of going wrong, it'll, like you said, prevent it from happening in the future, but also give you that third party perspective to, to gain an understanding about what happened because that financial mentor might have actually experienced the similar thing and can advise you, you know what, this is what I did to ensure it didn't happen again. And you know, with a financial mentor, I'm going to say uh, one of the mistakes you can make is pushing a financial mentor for specifics and specifics aren't near as valuable as philosophies. I love and this point. Yeah, and you want the philosophies more because then they become universal things you can apply to other aspects of your life. So specifics are they're good. I'm not knocking them. You know, I asked my financial mentor, you know, do you think you could live off this amount of money in retirement? That's a pretty specific question. But what I what I really like, and I get this from just being around him, is his philosophy on spending, his philosophy on home renovations his philosophy on how he finances his kids' lives or, or how he finances kids through school. Those philosophies were far more valuable to me than the specifics because it, 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 as similar as, as our lives are or, or were, the there were still a lot of specifics that were different. So I, I loved learning his philosophy on things and I 
I still use his philosophies to this day. So to me, philosophy is far more valuable than, than specific information. I'm really happy you said that because if, if anyone is like me, I love, I love exact numbers. I love knowing for sure that even when I make a recipe, I, I follow recipe books and the measurements within those books for, for a reason because I, I like the specifics. And I think, yeah, I, I think the sooner we're able to kind of to, to know that, to know that our financial mentor might just be able to offer us, um, save ex, like an X percentage of your income, or at least that's what I did. And that worked out well, or, um, it kind of, we throwing up percentages or even just philosophies, like you said, Trevor can sometimes be, um, more valuable and more relatable, um, than, than exact numbers. You know, you asked me earlier about my, my, my financial success may have to do something with my income, right? And, and that, that was how, I'm able to retire early and maybe have some financial successes in my life. But it's actually my philosophy about finding a combination of, in fact, my philosophy is more living in a low cost area than finding a, a high income. And the, the reason that is, is I can control my cost base far more than I can control my income. And, and that's a philosophy that I would share with, that, that's universal, I could say that to anybody, I don't care if you're earning minimum wage, change your cost base, meaning go live in a low cost area and you will have financial, your your chances of financial success have just increased dramatically. So there's a, a philosophy that you don't need to have the same education, the same job, the, the same skills I have to use that philosophy in your life. So you're not saying that it's, it's luck that you just happen to land a job within the company you're working within or it's not luck that you you it, it's 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 with it's with intention that you ended up where you are and in the situation and in the place that you are well I, i'm gonna say i might have i may have got some luck in the the place i worked it, it turned out to be a really good paying job but the, the i'm not discounting the the low cost area i live in so I'm not, I'm not going to live in a really expensive city and complain that I'm not getting any financial traction. If somebody came to me as a mentor and said that, you know, I, I can't get any financial traction. I can't get ahead financially. You know, we're living in the downtown of a metropolitan city. I'm going to say, well, if you can't change, if you can't solve the income equation in your life, solve the expense equation. You know, you can control that 100%. You have a control over that 100% income equation. It's restricted by your education your experience, there's all sorts of factors, but your expense equation in your personal financial life, that is 100% you, you can control that. So there's a philosophy I have that do everything you can to control and minimize your expenses in your life. There's a philosophy that I would share and you'll you'll never be a victim from an expense standpoint unless you want to be. Um, and my final question, the question that I uh, I wanted to ask you earlier, along with the kind of the, the income question that I asked was, and it, and it is based around too as well, finding a financial mentor. So Trevor, you you have a background in finance, you you work in finance. I mean, that must at some level give you a, a, a leg up on other individuals who maybe don't have uh, an educational or an employment background in finance. And should I be looking for a financial mentor with a finance background? Corporate finance and personal finance are like worlds apart. But the fact that I, I analyze and interpret numbers like some people read, it, it doesn't hurt me at all. But I, I, I do think those, those two worlds, like I know people who work in corporate finance and may, maybe 
don't understand personal finance at the same level they do corporate finance. So I, I don't think they go hand in hand. It certainly can't hurt that, that you understand numbers and, and can analyze data. That, that, that can only help you. But I don't think it's a given that somebody who works in finance can help you in personal finance. And, and that's, that makes sense. So Trevor, this brings us to the end of our very long episode on financial mentorship. Before we, before we end the show today, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for our listeners? Yeah, and I said this earlier. The only way we move forward as a society is by standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. So Trevor, before we do end the show, I am convinced. I'm convinced a financial mentor is for me. I'm convinced I want to be a financial mentor. I'm on board, but I'm still left scratching my head wondering where I can possibly find one. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thinking around in my immediate life and it, does it just mean I have to be a little more resourceful or maybe expand my, my current community? What, what are some kind of other innovative ways I can obtain a financial mentor. Okay, so Mr. Money Mustache is a blog I read all the time, and and I aspire to to be him. And I, he actually has a YouTube channel now, so I I watch that religiously. So in my mind, he he is at some level a financial mentor of mine. Although we we don't have the back and forth communication, I I do follow what he he stands for. I I just think you. If you can't find a personal financial mentor, in today's age of the internet with blogs and podcasts and YouTube channels, I, I got to think there's somebody you could you could find that you could follow and consider a financial mentor at some level, even if it's just the one-way communication. I love that. And on that note, thank you so much for being with us today as we uh, talk about financial mentorship and, and how to be a financial mentor, choosing one, and when it is time for a financial mentor. We can't wait to have you back here with us next week with a brand new episode. Until then, keep it simple.